0: Hey, hey DD, D&D fam. fam! I'm Quick. And I'm Lee, and you're listening to Divas, divas and Duckets. So, what is a diva? I think divas get a bad rep. But to me, diva is all about the attitude. As for duckets, it's your finances, your assets, Skrilla, Guap. Your coin. We're talking all things with the potential to affect your pockets. And while we're attorneys by trade, we are divas by choice. Divas
1: and Duckets is for entertainment purposes.
0: Y'all, we are not Series 511 (laughs) or 703 professionals. This does not create a financial advisor or attorney client relationship. The views expressed here are solely our opinions and the opinions of our guests. It's
1: just our opinion, y'all.
0: Okay, divas, let's talk ducats. Hey, d d fam, welcome back. We are glad you're here. Um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and so we wanted to make sure we highlighted this month, um, just different perspectives within that realm. Um, as you're aware of, there can be a stigma about mental health, especially within communities of color, mm-hmm. especially black communities. And so we wanted to speak to that today and get, um, just a tad bit of a different perspective. And so I will turn it over to Quick, who will introduce our guests. Yeah. So
1: like she said, today we're going to be talking about challenges specifically that faced, um, black men. Um, in, in their mental health, um, because like she said, they, there are different challenges that are faced within our community um, as it relates to mental health, not saying that other people don't have challenges with their mental health. We know that um, they do, but often um, within our community, there are very unique challenges um, that arise. So we wanted to bring on a SME, our subject matter expert, and we are very honored to have Dr. Travis Andrews here today with us. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yes. Thank you, first and foremost, for allowing me to be on this platform. And to discuss mental health, I always think that it's important for our communities.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but my name is uh, Dr. Travis Andrews, I'm the co-owner of Andrews Counseling and Consulting. It's a behavior health agency, and we're located in North Carolina, uh, Lexington, Kentucky, and we're expanding to uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Also, uh, a, a assistant professor, uh, a couple counselor education programs, and in, um, in, in, in the U.S. Um, also, uh, supervise, uh, individuals who are entering out, I mean, leaving out of their master's program uh. to enter the counseling field. So, educator, counselor, and supervisor.
1: And? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and new new, yeah. recent new title <laughs> yeah.
2: um, taking on a position um, as a town mayor in my uh, mm-hmm. local town that I was raised in East Arcadia, North Carolina okay. um, I was uh, raised there, the community meant a lot to me so I just want to do my just and give back to the yeah. community so hopefully taking some of this experience this yeah. education and, and implementing it into the community so that,
1: that is huge, so congratulations oh, you heard it first you. here on DVR and du mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, that is awesome, especially for the young boys in the community. They can look up and say, "Hey, she looks like me, you know yeah. those small towns that 's huge and really important um so let's start get into talking about some of these everyday stressors that mm-hmm. um black men face. I will say that in my own personal experience within the Last three days, unfortunately, um, I had two, uh, um, two guys, two black men, um, tell me that they experienced basically a form of racism. Um, and one, it was a, a, a guy going to pick up his son at a, a, at a school, predominantly white school. Um, but he was literally at the school, heading into the school to get ready to pick up his child and a white lady locked her door at a school. Um and then the other one, I was at a shopping center getting ready to go in and get me some Chinese food. And <laughs> there was, you know, a shopping center, of course there was a store next door as a nail shop. And there was a black man standing there. He was just like standing outside. I don't know if he was waiting on a ride, but he was facing the street and behind him was a nail shop. And you could hear the lady coming you'd hear her lock the door. Like, you mm-hmm. know, and he looked at close, me. Right? No, no, I'm not at all. I'm just being no. clear. Right, it was it right. was like five o'clock. And so, you know, he looked at me, he was like, what, what would I want out of that nail shot? Like, that was so sorry. unnecessary, you know, and I apologized. I was like, I am so sorry, black man, that you had to deal with that, you know. Sorry. And those are things that, you know, we hear about the clutching of the purses and, you know, people scooting over in the elevator, but we don't really, if you don't see and you don't experience, you kind of think it's like a movie thing. People don't really mm-hmm. still do that, you know, mm-hmm. but. It happens, you know, and that has to weigh on y'all in a way that we we don't have to experience, you know, and I know there are so many other um, forms of discrimination. So can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's tough. And like you said, these are just everyday things that Mm -hmm. we see our counterparts do and it's okay. Yeah. And we do it, the terminology is totally different. For instance, you know, uh, being excited and saying, they say, yay, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that turns into, are you angry or are you loud? Or you, things loud. Of that nature. Right. Mm-hmm. you know, um, just having to really colonize ourselves in a position in which that we have to ensure that Society accepts us and and, and feels right, feeling mm-hmm. safe and feeling okay that we not do not appear as threats, mm-hmm. you know. But how much of our culture is negated in the midst of this? Yeah. That okay, now we have to colonize and and and, and be safe so the greater America could be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, again, when we come out of that womb, you mm-hmm. know, we already know that our chances of Equality is, is, is not going to be there. Equity right. is not going to be there. And these discriminatory practices are going to be higher for us, like you it. know? So it's just that upbringing and that, and, and, and the roots mm-hmm. of, okay, how do I need to channel my energy into society? Mm-hmm. And how often is that really going to be? How, how often is my voice going to be heard? Right, mm-hmm.
1: right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it made me think about when you were saying, like, him the, the coming out the wound. I was like, we've had, a you know, podcast about it. Like, even while you were in the womb, right. doctors could have been discriminating against right. mom, discriminating yeah. against that baby, not thinking that babies is important right. to bring into the world, you right. know? So I just, that kind of gave me chills when I thought about it. Like, you know, all my life I had to fight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then, you know, talking about, like, you know, a lot of this is being geared towards, um young boys you know they they have to start at a very young age of dealing with race in a way that yeah. other races don't have to deal with right there the the talk like yeah. it, there's not a single black person on this earth that doesn't know what the talk means you know yeah. um and I, it's it's hard to do i've had to have it um you know, especially with all these media, um, things going around with all the killings and they are killing young black boys as well. Um, so like, one, how do you feel about having that conversation with the child at such an early age? Because honestly, it's, it's not only hard to do it, but you literally see the innocents leave their eyes, right? Like, wait a minute, like, I, I'm a threat, you know? Um, or I'm not the same. I'm not, you know, it's, it's a really hard conversation to have. So how do you feel about, protecting them um their innocence versus having that conversation and then also talk about you know maybe just some of the other things that a little boy may um have to endure you know i just think about the school like a lot of boys are more targeted as having adhd you know if billy's hyper it's oh he's just having fun right. he plays sports mm-hmm. but you know if or he's not challenged right or he's not challenged so he's moved up to a higher grade or they yeah. give him harder work but you know if if the little brown boy is is hyper is he adhd he's trouble he needs to go to the office right you know so mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's 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 critical. I think that it's important for us to tell our kids, inform our kids early. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that our resilience, our strength, our our, our understanding of who we are comes from home.
1: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I don't think that we're gonna get, get yeah. that in greater society, mm-hmm. you know, and not informing our kids on the this our truth. Mm-hmm. Our truth yeah. about our culture, our history, things of that nature, they're not gonna get in the classroom. I didn't receive uh, uh, insight on black history until I went to uh, college. And that's the great North Carolina A&T State University.
1: now right. uh, oh <laughs> I pride. It's HBC, you know, right? we we'll you
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, that, that, that gave me another insight on, okay, who, 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 I, who am I? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, imagine if that coming at an earlier age. You know, that just fuels you and give you that resilience and that understanding of, okay how I need to navigate through these situations and these battles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And when you say that, that you had learned about it into college, it made me think about this. This this video went viral on YouTube for a teacher. It was a little girl. She did a. I can't think of I can't think of the uh, a black um, heroine mm-hmm. that she wrote an article on, but it wasn't the typical uh, sojourner truth, Harriet Tubman. Martin. Right. It was it was somebody you know that the teacher didn't know about, right. and so she told her this person cannot be a heroine. You cannot write about them. Mm. her. Mom was an advocate for her and took it to her job, and the girl ended up on the news and everything, mm-hmm. being able to give her mm-hmm. report right. about this heroine. But it just made me think about you know like they want to pocket how much black history they can give you, right? Um, I, I even really recently had a conversation with my son and I asked him, like, who's the KKK? He was like, they are people who give out loans. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, right. <laughs> no, no. no. Right. <laughs> let's, let's start some teaching, right? right? right. And So we we right. had a black history Saturday, right. you know, and it was just like you, if you really think that this being taught in school, it, it's not, you know, mm-hmm. and it's for a reason, you know. It's for a reason. They don't want brown boys to feel... Like the kings and like your descendants, yeah, they, so they're not teaching
2: that. Nah, they, they do not. You know, and that that misdiagnosis is real. Yeah, uh, Andrew's counseling and consultant. We did a. A, a webinar, well, maybe 2020, 2021. The name of it was misdiagnosis of the Negro. Oh, wow! You no, know, we we did that to bring highlight to how our kids are being misdiagnosed in these education and these counseling settings. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, we, we may look at ADHD mm-hmm. and that's pro- thing proper diagnosis, but in reality, the kid may be struggling with some post traumatic stress disorder. Right, right. You know, they're quick to put, put labels on our kids with learning disorders, things Mm -hmm, of that nature. mm -hmm. So if I'm constantly being told that I have ADHD, I can't focus or I have a learning disorder, What's gonna to happen to my confidence? Right. It's steady going down. And now I think I can't compete with my counterparts. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. these labels, this education system, all of this is, is is essential to our development and growth.
1: Yeah. That's
2: why I go I go back to home, how important home is mm-hmm. and knowing your roots and knowing your who you are as a culture just gives you that ability to say, okay, they're really to be able to dissect.
1: Right. Well, right, I,
2: right. I, I don't know if what they're telling me is accurate. Right. You know? Right. Opposed to just just challenging just that, right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right, because we, we can look at a a professional, you mm-hmm. know, back in the day, and we hold their their word to bond, yeah. because we're assuming that their practices are ethical, right? You know, Absolutely. their practices are Absolutely. in good in good uh, intention, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. now, okay, we may have to challenge that at this point,
0: right, right. And to that her point, to me, if she hadn't heard somebody, I should get extra credit. I educated you. Right. <laughs> right. And, that's, and that's what <laughs> all I mean, the comments
2: were saying. Like,
1: don't be embarrassed that you didn't know. Let this child teach you something. Right, you know, like, don't right. tell her because it's not in this pocket that she can't be, you know? Right. So, you know, it's just, it's just, I don't know. Right. I, mm-hmm. And what impact do you think that that has? Um, like you were saying, I know the ADHD diagnosis, often a child, if they, if they hear that, they like you said, they automatically assume, oh, I have this, mm-hmm. therefore I can't compete, therefore I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, my brain is broken. So I don't, sometimes won't even try hard, right. it's hard, you know, anymore. Um, so it comes into that self-esteem factor, right? right? But, um, you know, as children get older, like you said, a lot of times people are not dealing with all of the other things that that child could be dealing with that home you know the poverty poverty Mm -hmm. they could be dealing with you know a a missing parent having you know there are a lot of young kids i know a kid that was like 13 years old had to be a part-time caretaker you know what i'm saying so there are a lot of factors that people don't take into consideration of why um you know little damon might not have turned in his project Mm -hmm. or why he's sleeping class or you know that's aside from them trying to be disrespectful to you Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um but if they don't have an advocate, like, how, can you talk a little bit about how, how that kind of like some of the mental diagnoses that you see? Like when you're talking about the misdiagnosis of the Negro, um, like how do you as a, a parent or even a teacher, how do you advocate for a proper diagnosis? That's a
2: great question. It's a, a, diagno, a proper diagnosis comes in the form of triangulation. Okay. So triangulations are three forms of data that's being collected. Okay. You have what we call a clinical interview. We have some other form of testing, and we have some observation. Okay. Typically, where what, 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 what the buck stops at is a clinical interview. Right. Now, within that clinical interview, do we have an understanding of any cultural considerations that are being in place of this? Mm-hmm. You know, based on somebody's culture, they may react or do things a certain way. Mm-hmm. So now, if you have somebody the opposite counterpart, or even somebody who has not had those same lived experiences, mm-hmm. they they they're using their interpretation. In the midst right. of this, to right. create this diagnosis, mm-hmm. tell my students all the time: counseling is a a, a scientific art. A, the science aspect in this is okay. The theories, the the the, the hypo the uh, hypothesis we put on this, mm-hmm. and the diagnosis that they have. Mm-hmm. The art aspect of this is how can mm-hmm. I be creative enough to get you to trust me enough to really have a dialogue with me? Mm-hmm. You know, so if you don't trust me. Because right. this is your first time meeting me, mm-hmm. and I'm asking you to give me your life story no. so I can diagnose you. <laughs>
0: right. You Absolutely. Know, right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So you
2: may sit there mm-hmm. nonchalant and be mm-hmm. like, mm they and they may interpret that as defiance. Right. right. So again, are we using triangulation, mm. three forms of data collection and uh, analyzing to really make a proper diagnosis? Mm-hmm. You know? Typically, when individuals come into our practice, we don't go for that heavy hitting diagnosis in the beginning mm-hmm. because we understand that these other cultural considerations or these nuances and, and just time need to take place to have an understanding of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that part, that picture can be painted mm-hmm. or whatnot. Yeah. I think that that's where it stops at. Mm-hmm. But I, it comes back down to educating our communities, educating our families, educating our parents on What's the protocol and policy within these educational systems when seeking treatment, and have an understanding that you have the choice for your own therapist. Mm-hmm. A lot of people stop therapy because their first time with a therapist wasn't what they liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want to do mm-hmm. it no more. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. But you have the choice to choose who you want. Mm-hmm. But again, it's come down to educating the community on mm-hmm. uh, what is counseling, what does it look like. What options do you have? What are some of the do's? What are some of the don'ts? Mm -hmm. And I think without magnetizing, you know, and educating the community on that, Mm -hmm. it it leaves uh, a lot of unknown. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so speaking of access, I wanted to read a a statistic because I don't want to get it wrong because Mm -hmm. I feel like it speaks to access. So we found that according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Black adults living below the poverty line are more than twice as likely to report serious psychological distress as U.S. adults who enjoy greater financial security. And then another example they found was that depressive symptoms among Black people are more disabling, persistent, and treatment resistant than they are among white people. So how can we, like speaking to access, right, and especially, you know, knowing that we we don't see as uh equity within you know financial security mm-hmm. how can we kind of address this because obviously based on the statistic we're affected more mm-hmm. to some
2: extent mm-hmm. I think it comes with our stakeholders
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know and I'm saying stakeholders are our, our, our health departments our mm-hmm. social services our educators our, our government officials things of that nature how can we put mental health and and normalize it in everything, mm-hmm. you know. I think it's for so long it had its own separate box. Right, mm-hmm. right, for sure. You're crazy. That's for where sure. Going, you know. Yeah. So now, imagine if we implement mental health in all facets of our everyday life,
1: mm-hmm.
2: work, school, home, the community,
1: mm-hmm. people.
2: And I will say the community. I mean just having a trauma informed approach. Mm-hmm. To things, you know, like being very sensitive on how this may affect someone psychologically or, or stressful or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it stops, you know, put, put in a hole. Yeah. I think secondly, again, it goes back to that education, you know, on what it is and then breaking that stigma. Mm-hmm. The stigma dates back to our historical trauma because mm-hmm. if I'm a slave on the plantation, I can't say that I'm stressed out. Mm-hmm. I can't say that. Hey, this is tormenting to me. What's going to happen? I'm more liable to get killed. killed. right? Mm-hmm. So no, have, I <laughs> have to continue to suck this up. And seem know? strong. And seem strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And constantly have to be strong and man up and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. My only outlet was the church, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so now that's where the big in our community was. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, just pray. Just pray about God it. God has mm-hmm. it, you know. Mm-hmm. So the church has been our form of counseling. For generational yeah. years. And that, that collaboration with the church, the community, the education system, and mental health has to emerge. Because mm-hmm. if not, again, it's going to be this taboo.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That should make a mental health thing in church. Now, wouldn't that be something?
2: Right. Right. Mm-hmm
1: right okay. i mean if the pastor says okay right, right mother right, right.
2: but they treat the pastor like he's a licensed right. professional counselor
1: right yeah. absolutely no. like he don't have the issue <laughs> right right
2: yeah
1: so can you talk a little bit about um the social injustice obviously without the killings especially during covid and just the killings that are always on the news right i mean it's the first thing we see when we hear a crime is going on, like, were they black? Mm-hmm. And you would know because they show the face. Right. Otherwise, you usually hear them talk about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know the media is getting any better with that. But that's typically what it is. If there's black, they are running that record. They're running that face. But they're if it's a media, they, it's a whole different narrative. Right. Um they play the videos of our killings over and over and over and over, just like it's a TikTok video. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Um, minimizing the life, the life of that person. Um, but it has to have some kind of mental impact yeah. on not only, of course, it has it on a, on a black society as a whole, because that is some mother's child. Right. Yeah. Um of course it has a black I mean an impact on on black women as well um but like talk about the impact that it has on a man's psyche just to see that and you know the dev- devaluing of their life really
2: yeah, it creates traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. you know it it to ensue fear mm-hmm. yeah anxiety, worry, and stress mm-hmm. when you have to ask yourself, do I need can I even leave?" Tonight and go out. I gotta look and see what time it is because I don't wanna get stopped by the cops. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to make sure everything is is perfect so I don't wanna get stopped by the cops. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're creating this fear and this anxiety and a worry on, okay, just to be okay. I remember my last year in undergrad, I, I was so. Uh, a, uh, a worried because yeah. I said, hey, I don't want anything to happen. I, I, I stayed mostly in, in my room, mm-hmm. did my schooling, came back because my fear was that I was going to get stopped by a cop and get a record and that would be the end of my career before mm-hmm. it even started. Right? Now, I wasn't doing anything illegal, things of that nature, but you are worried about, okay, how does this society may impact me as a black man mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Or,
2: or, or what i'm getting ready to do mm-hmm. you know so you you constantly worrying about okay how can i navigate through another day
0: yeah mm-hmm. and that's really crazy because you said that and i thought about so my um dad he in in some ways hazes my partner a little bit but a couple <laughs> months ago he actually like came in and he was like joking but seriously he was like don't get in that car because his his um, registration was expired. He was like, "You do not mm-hmm. want to get stopped right. and give a reason to get pulled." Like just the fact that you're, you know, just in the driveway and you yeah. notice that yeah, all these you this, it's, Yeah, it's it's nice. it just made me think of that. And it's just like that's crazy because mm-hmm. I, to your point, I don't think about necessary. I mean, we all kind of had that to your to your point about like you know us and like the police, mm-hmm. but I don't think necessarily that's quite the same about like. My registration. Right?
2: Yeah.
0: I don't I don't have that same level of right. Angst.
1: right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And so like how does how does you say the post traumatic stress, like how does it manifest? How what does that look like in, in someone or for them to be able to recognize that this is what's going on? Because I think a lot of people because anxiety is talked about so much, we kind of know when we feel anxious, right? Our body gives us clues when we feel anxious, but I don't necessarily know that people Realize when they're dealing with post traumatic stress or even you know traumas from traumas from subconscious traumas traumas from their childhood. I don't think people really know that. Like that, this is how it's manifesting.
2: Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's feeling as if you would not normally feel.
0: Okay.
2: If I can say that, if I can say, if uh, I'll give you an example, me and my daughter was was driving on the highway one day and the cops uh, turned on their lights. Both of us immediately looking in the mirror, looking inside of you to see if it's gonna happen, checking to see if I see those. Mm-hmm. Now he passed beside us. Mm-hmm. But her and I started processing that. I said, Did you see how our bodies change? Right. How our reactions change mm-hmm. because we've seen the flashing of the lights mm-hmm. just immediately, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, we're wanting in that norm. Yeah. Right. It's, it's being on alert all the time. Yeah. You know? It's being very anxious when when, 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 th- when things happen. It may be fearful of the going to certain social settings. Yeah. Certain places at a certain time of night or something, you may not even go. Hmm. Because your fear is not even that something's going to happen to me. Is that, will I get in trouble with the law? Right. Would I have to really fight my way out of something that I didn't even do? Mm-hmm. Because that fight itself, what is that going to do? It's going to impede your ability to... C- continue to keep it moving mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and like you ask yourself do I even really want to go through that yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know so it's just again knowing that you're not in your happy space mm-hmm. what is taking you away from being who you normally are mm-hmm. and so we can start identifying where these things are coming from mm-hmm. because we navigate into the world and we don't even know why like why are we feeling like this Mm-hmm. You know, and then we look at the local news, local media, and that tears it up even more. Yeah. Because you look at the local news, they have you fearful to go on the other side of town. Yeah. You know, and they have you fearful to mm-hmm. go on the other side mm-hmm. of town. So now, who's listening to these images? Our counterparts. Right. So, of course, when they, when, and again, when they see us, they 10 times as, as shook because the mm-hmm. local media has been told them, hey, be on the lookout for these mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. This is what they did last night. Mm-hmm. They did it at five different places, and they on the lookout.
1: Yeah. And I think it's so evident, like, what you're saying, when you have a ring camera and you're in a ring community in a gentrified area. Mm-hmm. And you, <laughs> man, I'd be like, they be like, gunshot. I'm like, that was a firework. <laughs> call the police. Call them. Like, they just, and I'm just like, just... Right. It makes me sick right. <laughs> to read it. I'm like, y'all just y'all really call the police on them all the time, right. huh? Just, right. It's right. so She's much. Here, so. That's what
2: I'm saying. Right. Girl. Saying. it's it's you just to so put so us to a place right. where it was supposed to be the slums in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Now you say, Oh man, that place has got is a great accessibility and stuff. Right. So it's close to something. Right. Let's move them out and let's get back into the space. Mm-hmm. It's just that that, 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 that power. And my thing is the lack of respect or empathy mm-hmm. for someone else's life. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You
2: yeah. know, as if that. Like
1: it doesn't matter. Like it's pointless. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. So what are some other, you know, we've kind of talked to, of course, social injustice and some of the media portrayals, but what are some of the other, um, problematic maybe expectations or thoughts about Black men that can be that's
2: young Yeah, I think it I guess think. go to employment and, and being able to provide mm-hmm. and, and being able to and, and, and parenthood and, and okay. the essence of, of, of those tools, you know, and how they was raised and how we, you know, navigate through life. Mm-hmm. I think that's very distorted.
1: Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Know, um there's for so many types. Um we're looking at and, and saying, okay, can he, can he economically provide? Mm-hmm. Now, this individual may have been through so many different struggles where he can't. You know, he, he may have been had to leave school because had to take care of his family. Mm-hmm. Or the person may have to um, uh, uh, got a charge and can't get another job. You know, so these are all things that continue to impede on their ability to provide. Mm-hmm. But that gets interpreted for lazy. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, um, Using, uh, substance uses as, as coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. You know, have to, we, are we looking at the generational trauma in the midst of that? Mm-hmm. This person could have seen his mom, pops, or whoever utilized the same substance, you know, as coping right. mechanisms. Right. So we're expecting an individual to develop healthy patterns and a healthy lifestyle Mm -hmm. when the Uh person was never exposed to it Mm -hmm. you know we're looking at this person supposed to be a dead beat father but we're not even knowing the narrative and the story on that Mm -hmm. i just think of just that if we really care how much effort are we putting in to really research the problem and provide effective interventions Mm -hmm. we can just go Mm -hmm. back to this crack epidemic opposed to this opioid Uh Oh gosh! Yeah, this crack epidemic. Lock them up. Lock them up. Lock them up. The key is rehabilitation. 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 Mm-hmm. So you know, if, if we have to look at these practices and these, and these measures to have an understanding of.
0: Yeah.
2: What's the true story here?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do think it's. Uh, I, I mean, being on social media, I see how hard black men are working to remove the stigma that men are not fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the stigma is still out there. And like you said, I, I mean, I haven't talked to a lot of I'm, and not just guys. Women are obviously being raised in these these yeah. homes, too, mm-hmm. um, where they say that they they didn't have the model to follow. Right. They they have never experienced in their family seeing a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. Um but, like you said, then you expect them to come out and have a healthy marriage, right just come out and be a great father when they didn't have the tools to do it. Right. They didn't have therapy, you right. know right. you give them no tools whatsoever, and you expect them to come out like the Cosbys right that wasn't their lifestyle, right. you know, so, like you said, where's the empathy, where's the tools, where's the teaching um mm-hmm. For all that, because that is childhood trauma, and they have to work through that to be able to be this um, exemplar citizen that you right. want them to be, but you're <laughs> not giving them tools to do so. That's it. Um, yeah, That's it. for
0: sure. And so, speaking to provision, like you're talking about, like employment and maybe various things that kind of impact where a person is financially. What are some of the unique challenges for men in terms of employment or career satisfaction or just obstacles? Because I know as women, we speak about like the glass ceiling and feeling Uh like we can only get so far. And there's this like, I guess, um, limit there. But talk to maybe, you know, the experience. I don't know if it's parallel, or the same, but for black men.
2: Yeah, I think it is the same, you know, because we, we have, we're looking into these spaces that we're going and we're still minorities. Mm-hmm. You know, if we, we, it put us in places where we majorities are equal, it's some low paying jobs or occupations.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, we're right. not managing the, the construction projects. We're day labor. Yeah. You know, so if we, it's just that again, that, equalness of it, Mm -hmm. you know, to really provide for your family and you don't even have a paying job that's going to support them. You're working 70 to 80 hours. Right. So you're working yourself to death. And then we have to look at at, uh, you're working yourself to death on labor and jobs. Mm -hmm. So by the time this individual is 45, 50 years old, bones are broken. Mm -hmm. Now, this person ends up getting disability or something. Right. You know, So are we really looking at what does employment look like uh, for that individual, mm-hmm. you know? Now, so they said this person, go get educated, go do all these great things. Now, isolation comes. Mm-hmm. because he's it is. It's that minority right. person in right, this right, space right, right. trying to grab, uh, draw this uh, corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. Put all this time and energy into this profession, and they let you go the quicker mm-hmm. a dime. Prime example with Don Lemon. You know, yeah. it's been with CNN what, seventeen years. Mm-hmm. He advocated for the, the the black voice, and they said, "Forget your seventeen years, you he can got go turn." Because
0: for a while we were <laughs> like <for> <laughs> we were like, "I
2: don't know." Right, right. So it's just of how much of the system was probably uh, 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 fueling that, right? Uh, yeah, and right. it just just had enough. So again, it's really looking at okay it's a gap right here with employment mm-hmm. yeah what does that really look like now are we really just these laborers and these service individuals they putting us on or were we forced to be in that space mm-hmm. because if you look at your grandfather or his grandfather mm-hmm. that was the type of occupation and jobs that they were doing right so at some point this is all a person know. right so mm-hmm. now this person is in this education system if you don't have any advocates things of that nature they'll put the, the, the person i've seen it with black males on a vocational track in high school, opposed to a college preparation track. Yeah, mom may not know, dad may not yeah. know, you know. So if, if, if you're not advocating, yeah. no one would know. They yeah. encourage my child to apply, my daughter to apply to community colleges. Mm. She came back and not gave me school. that report. I said, "That's insane! You're not doing." That. I had to personally mm. email the school right. to let her know, hey. Yeah. No, we advocates over here. I mm-hmm. don't know the things that you're talking about, but this right. is the she's going to a four year university. Mm-hmm. This is the track that she's pursuing. Right. And I get a whole different response. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to do that. Right. I should see as a school counselor. You should see the best out of a person and mm-hmm. identify their strengths. And their weaknesses, mm-hmm. advocate for them and educate the parent on what best options you may see fit. Yeah. That is not occurring. They're putting us in a box. Mm-hmm. So now when this young man turns 18, he hasn't even touched these experiences to even think mm-hmm. they can do something yeah. outside mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. So now this man, now this man is 25, 35 years old, no skills, no, 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 no experience, nothing mm-hmm. very, that's, that's strong that's going to help you keep a longevity in your career mm-hmm. yeah yep.
1: Yeah. and i think to to your point about the vocational because we've talked about this before like you can make a lot of money off off of vocations okay. right um but it's, it talked about to your experience of entrepreneurship even in doing that if you know a vocation and you have a skill set if you still don't have the business mind that's it so you still need the mentorship. You right. still need the access to men who know how to, you know, do uh, whatever your mentor looks like. It can be a black female or a black male. Um. You know that knows how to teach you how to run the business. And teach the you how to yeah. Right. Teach you how to network because you're gonna use uh, eventually need employees, like you said. Unless you're right. trying to run yourself to the bones right. Right. by 55, right. 50 years old, you're going to need employees. You're going to need to know how to get grants and loans for these tools, right? Yeah. And I don't necessarily know vocation teaches you the skill, but it doesn't teach you the business. So you're still going to need you know those skill sets, and I think you know it, it can be stressful. You know, even going through university, going through law school, you have your mm-hmm. own stress. You know, law law is one of the highest suicidal rates that there are in a profession. You know what I'm saying? And these people have obviously JDs. They have degrees, but it's still a stress that comes with it. Right. But again, because law is majority white, they have a PALS program Mm -hmm. inside of that program. They have their own therapeutic program that you could come and talk to. That's not necessarily the case. I don't know. Construction workers have that. you know yeah so like you said i mean you you have to make sure that those systems are put in place across the board um for everyone to be able to access but let's talk about people you know if if the systems are put in place we talked about it a little bit with you know church usually being the go-to but even when systems are put in place and let's say a person does have access Mm -hmm. how how often do you see that men? Voluntarily choose to come to therapy, or did they like? Well, this program made me come. She made me come. Yeah. Like, how? How do? How? How did that much? Did they voluntarily come?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's, that's uh, mine that I have seen. Voluntary come is because of that's social environment, the positive social environment to influences. You know, whether their 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 peer group utilizes therapy, right? Their family utilizes therapy, things of that nature Yes. My first question I want us to all just uh, process on. Yeah, How much of an impact does our social and environmental factors take a play on our mental health? Now, mm-hmm. imagine if this individual has some better social and environmental factors. Would this mental health crisis be just the way it is?
1: Right. to ask
2: ourselves. So now this is really coming back down to things that we discussed, right. economics, jobs, security, if that was in place, you know, right. would that trauma and all these other things really right. be at the height that they're really at? Mm-hmm. You know, Um, I think, again, it goes down to kind of separate the household uh, because that woman really probably will be the advocate to help get their partner, their son or whatnot to counseling. Mm-hmm. So now if you're trying to. Uh, I break that family unit up. Now this is black man is there by itself. Yep. A man cannot survive in the row by no woman. So that's, it's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. You know, people need, you need your mother, you need your father. It's you the way it was designed. That's the way it was designed. You need the opposite partner to give that encouragement. You cannot expect an individual to make so many sound, health and wellness-related decisions without the impact and the influence of their spouse. That's just the way it's designed. That's the way it was designed. You know? And, yeah, so that woman is the one pulling that person to church, pulling in the counseling, pulling to his health department, I mean, health appointments, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. You know, it, it, it's okay. So if we're recognizing this gap and this issue, again, that is... We need to open that door more. We need to have more conversation in these spaces that men have these conversations in, whether it's in the sports bars, mm-hmm. whether it's in the Bar- barbershops, <laughs> whether it's in any of these places, mm-hmm. because we know we have to kind of turn this narrative around and start normalizing yeah. uh, our mental health. Mm-hmm. Because if that same brother broke his arm, he's going to run down to urgent care without a doubt, mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. So, hey, mm-hmm. this, is, this is the pain I'm feeling. But are we doing the same thing for our psyche? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get that. And I think when I hear you say, um, you know, a lot of times it is like maybe a female partner kind of bringing them into the fold. I think one of the things that there has been, I can see just even on social media, there has been some like really campaigning into Mm -hmm. like black men being more Mm -hmm. comfortable with therapy Mm -hmm. and talking about it. And there's. It's a lot more than maybe five years ago, yes, for sure.
2: Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, But I feel like, or what I've seen, I feel like black men still get a lot of flack about being vulnerable, right? Yes. And so I guess my question is, what, a couple things. One, from the partner perspective, because usually the partner is like, oh, he's not being vulnerable whatever. So what can a partner do, whether they, you know, however the man identifies, gay, straight, whatever, right. that partner that wants more vulnerability. What do they need to know to like foster that environment? Mm-hmm. But then also speak to the difference between, I guess, more, I guess from guess a heterosexual standpoint, mm-hmm. the difference between being vulnerable mm-hmm. and speaking to you like one of your
2: girlfriends. Right. Mm-hmm. right. That's a great question. L- l- let's use the advocacy in an everyday pattern. Mm-hmm. When I say that, I don't mean, I mean, when you're upset at me, mm-hmm. don't say, You need to go to counseling.
0: Right.
2: You know, right now I need to go to counseling. Right. You didn't talk about counseling. That it is. I'm about to call the therapist. Right, right. right. Okay. Right. As soon as you upset or we having a disagreement or my tone changes, right now I have a problem. Mm -hmm. So now Mm -hmm. I'm going to look at that and say, hey, I'm not going there because now you're utilizing Mm -hmm. this because you're upset at me. Mm -hmm. Opposed to saying, okay, let's make this a part of our normal being, Mm -hmm. you know. The mm-hmm. same way before you get married, you supposed to go to marriage counseling mm-hmm. or, or things of that nature. How can yeah. you make this a part of your normal everyday being? Mm-hmm. So now, when that argument ensues or things of that nature, or you, you're trying to be vulnerable, maybe that's something we need to talk about when we go back to counseling, mm-hmm. you know? Because things of that nature. So you put us in, in your in, in your daily routine or whatever, mm-hmm. um, creating a safe space, and I say safe space to know mm-hmm. that. I'm not going to bring this back into your face or mm-hmm. things like that. That's for both both parties, Yeah, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. asking a person, what do you need in order to feel safe? Mm-hmm. You know, and if you don't feel safe with me, what can I do to help you feel safe? Mm-hmm. I think assessing a person's needs and be able to respond to that person on an emotional level to give them the that to create that vulnerability circuit. Mm-hmm. The same way as would do it for clients, I cannot expect for you to come to me your first time and you just telling me your life story. Right. I need to create a safe space and let you see that you can trust me, mm-hmm. and I, you know, and I'm not going to judge you. Mm-hmm. From unconditional positive regard. I'm going to be empathized and I'm going to hear you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm understanding what you're saying mm-hmm. like I'm reading uh, you don't have to just verbalize what you're saying to me I should right. be able to if i your partner I should be able to get some of your body cues and have an understanding that okay something is off mm-hmm.
1: yeah. you
2: know and be able to identify that and hey mm-hmm. I see that you're not the same today what can I do to help you feel better it's something to that nature right. so mm-hmm. you, you know so you have an understanding that okay right, something is oh something is challenging mm-hmm. let me help encourage my partner to Go into the space. Yeah.
1: and So to her second point, because my boyfriend actually said, he was like, y'all want men to be women. (laughs) Like, how do you, how do you get around men feeling like you want me to be vulnerable and talk all the time? That's just not the way I'm wired. Like, how do you get around that or is it anything to get around? Is that something a woman needs to adjust to that you're right, maybe you don't need to spew or emote all the time because that's what women women are supposed to be the ones that do that. Um how do you get around that? Like that whole thought process. I
2: think again just identifying what a individual needs for mental wellness and mental and mental healthiness. It may not be sitting on a on a couch and talking all day. Mm. But what other pleasurable activities that this person is doing to give them a mental, uh, break. It could be going hiking. Yeah. You know, I could be going hiking with my partner and we getting some of this stress out that we didn't have for this time. It could be traveling. It could be something that I want to know something that you're doing that's giving you mental, uh, well-being mm-hmm. and, and identify on that end. When we look at it to see, okay, does a person may need to talk to someone? We have to look and assess is what this person going through, is it affecting their major domains of life? The major domains of life are considered home, community, social, recreational. So, is the person still active in the home, active in the community, active at work, things of that nature? If not, that means, okay, something is bothering that person that's impacting their major domains of life. That's where we can really assess, okay, maybe we need to see someone and things of that nature. But it start, start, starts with creating wellness. Creating something comfortable, get, getting back into hobbies.
1: Because mm-hmm. while
2: I work 40, 50, 60 hours and not doing anything else, naturally that stress is going to build up. Right. So, what I'm doing intentionally to incorporate some type of self care in the midst of this so I can ensure that mentally, you know, I'm okay somewhere.
1: That's good. I receive it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Leandra, did you have any other questions before we? No, I, the only other thing I thought about, um, was that there's not a lot of you, just like there's not a lot of black mm. lawyers, especially black male lawyers. There's not a lot of black male therapists. What y'all? Yeah. yeah. Like
2: five. Yeah, less than five. Yeah. Like five.
0: So my question, that's what led to it is just like, can you speak to, uh, maybe some resources that, Black men could use if they want to kind of find someone who looks more like them. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like cost wise, are there some maybe more affordable costs? Because we talked about the economics of things. So I just, before you got out of here, I wanted to make sure you spoke to that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's going to be a, 80% of counselors mm-hmm. are white women. Mm-hmm. 80%. Mm-hmm. You know, so to now, so to free and decrease that gap overnight. It ain't right. happening. It's not going to happen. Exactly. Right. So, but now with technology, this helps. Yeah. Because now that, okay, we can search for counselors and therapists that's not even in our same mm. room. They could be in the other side of the world, things of mm-hmm. that nature, utilizing that. Yeah. So I will, I will utilize other virtual right. platforms that will, yeah. uh, uh, allow that. Yeah. You know, I know at the agency, uh, Andrews Counseling and Consulting, we have over 10 to 12 uh, counselors of color. Okay. Now we break it down to males, only four. All right. You know, however, it's still a ways, like I said, through just other virtual sessions and platforms and things of that nature, so you mm-hmm. can open your, your, your options up yeah. even more. Yeah. I think being intentional with creating support groups, mm-hmm. because sometimes we may not get that licensed professional counselor, but we may get that bonding within. A group of men that may not be uh, a, a counselor. So License, yeah. Yeah. Right, you know, that just create something in this space that we can still be able to have something that those look like each other, mm-hmm. They can create some type of bonds and communication yeah. and things of that nature. Because really it comes to a point of just really letting it off the chest mm-hmm. and be able to identify, have others who be able to identify as you identify. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I am curious, is because I know you know men obviously can get together and talk about you know women get together they usually talking about men or they talk, <laughs> talking about their jobs or their kids you know there's certain yeah. core topics yeah. so men obviously get together they talk about women and things but I do know that. I have a select few friends that will call me Mm -hmm. if they're going through episodes, Mm -hmm. right? Um, They will let me know if they're depressed. They will let me know if they're feeling anxious. They will let me know, you know, they couldn't get to their meds, and right now they're just having a hard time. I also know that there are friends that won't, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So in men's circles, how often is that talked about? Like, do y'all, can you go to your boy and be like, man, I'm really struggling with some depression. I'm really not feeling myself. I'm really thinking about you know hurting myself like is that something men talk about
2: in my peer group we have and it's it's because i'm a i'm I'm a counselor right so i'm being intentional with that with the hey i love you with the say hey you can get off your chest i'm here for you things of that nature you know but i may talk with my cousin he's an engineer -hmm. And he's straight, uh, he's a game face, you know. Mm He's, 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 he's holding his emotions on another way. He's not verbalizing that. Right. But me doing his body cues, I can see when something is off. Mm -hmm. So, hey, I may say, hey, hey, let's, you wanna, you wanna go fishing, Mm -hmm. you wanna go play some golf, you wanna do something. I'm just, I'm just here for you, Mm -hmm. you know. And again, I think when you be building that rapport and you are initiating that safe space, I think that's going to allow the vulnerability to open up or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think once men have an understanding that this space is safe, mm-hmm. or, hey, I trust this individual with my feelings or how I feel or things of that nature, now we could get through more doors, opposed mm-hmm. to this is the solution, this is what I see, and this is the only thing that could work. Mm-hmm. I just think it continues to take time because we have to look at our dynamics may be different. You may yeah. have someone who's grown up to see a uh, right. feeling. You may have some uh, individual who never seen their father cry mm-hmm.
1: or, say, hug or hug them, say or, them. or say, you. "I love you." That's yeah. that's that's, that's, that, that's, that's, real. that's real. It's real.
2: That's real. So we have to put all of those factors into our understanding yeah. and say, "Okay, is this person being just defiant, or is this person just really struggling with?" Knowing that it's okay for them to 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 be to be vulnerable. Yeah,
1: it made me think of when you said about the, like the fathers, like where I was at my son's baseball game the other day, and the coach had you know he was coaching, he was being a coach, <laughs> but he had to coach his son, and in mm-hmm. that moment he was like, "Dang, you know, I wasn't too hard on him." Oh and then within minutes, you know, when his son came off. He was like, "I'm sorry, you know, you were right." He was like, "Cause what the, what his son did was he 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 caught the ball went the first base mm-hmm. and then he threw the third base. Normally, that would have been fine. if It was an amazing catcher on third base, right? It wasn't. So he was like, "No, you never do that." Da 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 da. Kid came off and um, he kissed him like mm-hmm. and and I have an affectionate father, uh-huh. but even to me, I was like.
0: Wow! Like
1: right. I can't, I cannot say in any of my days, even with my affectionate father, that I have ever seen my father kiss my brother. Right? You know, and it was just, it was just like, it was just like one of those moments. Like right. our communities are so different, man. Right. They're just so different. Um. Whew. So to all that, you know, you listed all these things that had me exhausted that you do in the <laughs> beginning. So I'm assuming, are you taking clients? Are you have your
2: yeah we yeah. have yeah we have a team of uh, licensed professional okay. counselors. You know we currently are accepting clients. You know, okay. um, uh, you know, like a sliding scale for the people who don't have yeah
0: you know, people who don't have
2: insurance. We <laughs> yeah. we, we, we do a sliding scale. Okay. You okay. know, we, we, our goal is to assist the community. Yeah. You know, um, we take insurance, but if you don't have insurance, you know, definitely yeah. sliding scale, self pay. Our goal is to to to. To help, right? You know, um, we in the past we had a men's group, you know, so we want to get that back uh, uh, popping again, yes. you know. So yes, yes, yes. Um, we're just here. We we here to serve. Um, the whole team is under the supervision of myself, uh, Dr. Travis Andrews, my brother, Dr. Anthony Andrews, uh, and is very intentional with. Uh, meeting the needs of our community. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome.
2: I love that. I love that. Website for the people. Yes. Where they go find you.
1: Um, and we will definitely have his information in our show notes. It has been. An absolute pleasure having you on. Um, You know, I know that you are strong. You and your brother and your cousin are strong advocates in the community. And I just hope y'all continue to shine, man. Y'all are doing the work. You're doing the work. And I just hope, you know, many, many blessings to you. Um, my, my quick tips would be that, you know, if it's, it's your children are young, um, if you have access to mentorship programs, get them in there because there will be the Travis Andrews and those mentorship programs. There will be um, a wealth of people that you might not be able to have inside of that home. And a lot of these programs are free. Um, so, you know, if you can get your child, your brown boy into some of these mentorship programs, absolutely do your best to do so um, because you can only do so much. As a parent, you can only do so much. And um, we all know, you know, any parent knows that your child is only going to talk to you about so much, right? I could tell them something 10 times and somebody else that is not related to them could tell them and they'll get it. So, you know, mentorships are very, very, very
0: important. And the younger you can get them in, the better. All right, y'all, um, when we do have our Dear Diva segment, you can contact us at diva advice at gmail.com. That is D-I-V-A-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. We hope you all are taking care of yourselves. Check on each other. Um, and until next time, in the meantime, in between time, have a great attitude.
1: Bye.